Welcome back to Judging Book Covers Podcast, your bi-weekly book club podcast focusing on helping guests clear out their TBR lists. I'm Megan Griffin, and as always, I am joined by my amazing co-host, Stephanie Cortez. How are you doing? Doing pretty good. Glad to be moved and unpacked <laughs> and kind of trying to get back into the swing of things, into the normal routine. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Is Rhode Island any cooler? I think so. <laughs> okay, good. Good. Lots of good restaurants, bars, bakery. Everything is in walking distance, though. It's just like, oh, my wallet. (laughs) (laughs) Budgets are going to have to be set. Yes, and abided by. Like, that's that's the thing. (laughs) I didn't get to go to Rhode Island on vacation, so I have double excuse to come visit you now. Yes. Anytime. (laughs) Um... So we did take a week off, so we are not doing J.K. Rowling's book this time. It'll come back at some point, I'm sure. Uh, but we are, do you have a guest this week? James Anderson, how are you doing? I'm doing very well. Thank you for having me on your show. Thank you for being on. We're very excited. You picked a great book. Um, do you want to go ahead and introduce it and explain why this book was on your list or how it became to be on your list? <laughs> sure. Um, yeah, uh, we read A Mercy by Toni Morrison. Um I got it as a Christmas present, um, I think probably, this came out in 2008, I think I probably got it Christmas 2008 from my dad, um, he's an English professor and he teaches Beloved in his, in one of his classes, um, and so, uh, this, this might come up later, I read this entire book and I've, I've spent the past 10 years thinking that this book was a prequel to Beloved, so that was an interesting way to read this book um and i'm still not sure i i did internet research after i was done but anyway so the reason why i picked it um is because it's on my shelf that i can't put any books any more books on so uh i needed to pick from this specific shelf and this one had been sort of like i should definitely be reading that sooner than later so that was why i picked it very cool yeah tony morrison is definitely someone that everyone should have read at some point in their life and apparently it took me 30 years so <laughs> uh i know there are kids in school that or in my school that read beloved it was never on my list we also read uh, song of solomon in my in my yeah. 12th grade english class which was pretty good too I have yeah i either one <laughs> i i've known about both she's always been on my list yeah and somehow i completely avoided her which is bizarre she is we share the same birthday so, oh, like, I've always oh, nice. been a big Toni Morrison fan of, like, hey, got to support those on my birthday. <laughs> John Travolta is another one. <laughs> so, uh, That's some good ones. So, it was really good for me. <laughs> um, yeah, I think in high school we read The Bluest Eye, but Beloved mm-hmm. wasn't on, on any of our list. Did I don't, I think I actually, I think I own Love. And Song of Solomon is love a book of hers? Okay. Something there's like a one word title. I'm pretty sure I saw them when I was moving all of my books. <laughs> yeah, it looks like Love is the is her first book. Looking at the also okay. by. Well, those are going on to my um, to be read list <laughs> once I dig them out of the box. <laughs> I uh, I have a project that I have assigned myself where I read all of the well I. I read one of one aspect of the project is I read all of the Pulitzers for fiction since my birth to oh, nice. to present. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm not I'm not done. I'm, I'm a little bit over halfway. 
Um, and I've sort of pick and chosen. Um, but so I read Beloved as part of that project. Yeah. Um, I and like it was that really, project. Really, really, really That's good. really cool. <laughs> I also, I also do uh, Best Picture, Album of the Year, mm-hmm. and uh, Best Comedy Series for Emmys. Just nice. That's I like really to smart. give myself assignments and <laughs> abide by them to the point of frustration. <laughs> 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 no, I totally relate to that. That's kind of why this whole podcast started uh-huh. <laughs> uh, i will say it's interesting you say pulitzer because i don't think the pulitzer it's either the pulitzer or the nobel prize is not getting awarded this year and i think it's pulitzer uh the pulitzer got awarded this year so it must be the nobel prize okay because one of them there's a lot of scandal uh with the me too that's going on so i think that's the nobel getting... prize mm-hmm. yeah. okay yeah there's yeah. something's not getting re- rewarded this year it'll happen they'll do two books next year because like you can't, once you're on the committee, you can't be voted off. Yeah. And also maybe can't be, um, uh, you may not be able to step it down either. It's very, very weird. But with, uh, oh, I just forgot his name. Oh, there's an author that's just like getting reamed by the Me Too and he's on it. So that's basically what caused all of it. Mm. <clears throat> so, but that is a really, really lofty goal. I really like that. Any standout Pulitzers or comedies, oh, I mean, there's especially? So, there's so, uh, well, comedies, um, well, let's do, I guess I'll, I'll do books first. I mean, uh, The Amazing Adventures of Cavalier and Clay is a great book. Um, okay. I also really liked um, Middlesex is on there, and that's really interesting and good. Um, I also really liked uh, Empire Falls, um, which I read on a cruise ship, which was weird because it's like a New England like drama so it was sort of a weird location switch but there's a lot of good stuff on there there's a lot of sort of like oh okay i guess i mean like there's sort of sort of in the same way that best pictures sort of have like the best picture style like Mm -hmm. pulitzer fiction kind of has that too um there you see some experimentation like uh, uh um i'm completely uh what something from the goon squad um which was a recent book. I can't think of what the what the name of the book is, um, and it, it was really good too. And I can't think of what it is. Uh, Visits vi- view from visit from a visit from the Goon Squad is the name of the book. It's really good. Okay. Um, and then comedies. It's really interesting because you'll see these like legacies. So like the past like four years, Veep has won. Um, and so I watch um, the season that wins. So the first season of Veep to win was the third season. And so I haven't seen the first two seasons, so it's kind of an interesting, like, <laughs> jumping in on the, like, it was really cool to watch, like, to have all these, like, assumptions about the character and, like, references to stuff that I had no idea what they were talking about because I hadn't seen a couple seasons. Um, this is amazing. I love this idea. It's pretty fun. And so, like, like Cheers, uh, the first, like, three seasons won, and then, like, season five and season seven. So it's like... <laughs> Okay. <laughs> like I'm only I mean that was back when when us you know a TV season was a TV season you know what I mean like it was like 26 episodes or something so I'm still in the first season of Cheers but like <laughs> it's gonna be interesting to be like and then season four was was not good enough season five let's queue it up you know it's gonna be <laughs> it's gonna be weird so that's awesome. but yeah it's, it's a fun sort of like half random half merit based half sort of examining if there is merit here and I don't know it's kind of a fun life thing uh so had you read this book previously or no okay so did it live up to your expectations um 
Yeah, it it did. I I had I guess I didn't well, it, it lived up to every expectation except for I don't think that it is in any way related to Beloved. So that one particular expectation, like I, I basically, I looked on the internet and it was basically like, yeah, you could think of it as one. And I was like, okay, but it's not, like it's not actually <laughs> one. Um, I guess they were talking about like in tone and in like time period, right. you could sort of look at it as like whatever. But I thought it was going to be like they were going to end up at the house that they were in in beloved or whatever and so like they ended up at a house and i was like is that the one and so it isn't but um other than that i mean it was solidly written um compelling and i really liked the characters i loved i loved um how each character had a different had a distinguished and uh, recognizable voice that was that was the thing that really really spoke to me was that it was tough i've never i've never gotten uh more than a couple pages into the sound and the fury because the first character that you meet is um, like a mentally challenged character who speaks in sort of fragmented sentences and stuff. Um, and I, I have sort of felt echoes of that in this because it went into such a dialectical character to start because it started with the, a Florence chapter. Right. Um, and she's literate, but sort of speaks in a slang and sort of a um, talks about characters we hadn't met before. I felt a I felt a little weird that it was like the second chapter was uh, by uh, Jacob Vark, and it was like ah good okay someone that that I can understand and I felt I was like come on you could have you could have gotten you could have been better about that, um, but it's hard to it, it gets, I think that that was a little bit intentional because like they told the same story again, um, yeah, in the second chapter or the second section or whatever I don't know I really liked it a lot I think. I think the length was good, though. I think that it was a, it was a nice. It's kind of a novella, almost like it's it sort of skirts the line between novel and novella. And I really I think that was a good length for it, though. Yeah, I agree. It's it's uh, the paperback is what one hundred and sixty pages, roughly. I think the hardback's uh, one hundred and eighty. Um, yeah, I got one hundred. I got one sixty-seven. Yeah. Uh, what do you think, that. Stephanie? I liked it. I so I'd read the Bluest Eye in high school. And I was kind of, I went into this thinking, okay, the blue sky was kind of heavy because I remember doing a lot of, um, it was an English class, so you know, you have to pick everything apart. <laughs> um, right. But there was a, there was a, I forget the character's name, but a little girl who she, a little black girl, she idolizes Shirley Temple. She just wants to be this white, blonde, blue-eyed girl because that's what she sees as beauty and doesn't see herself as beautiful. And I think she may have been getting raped by her stepdad or her dad or something and I think she ends up pregnant so I went into this thinking oh it's gonna be heavy <laughs> like and then I read the, yeah. a brief synopsis was like oh okay slavery it's gonna be heavy <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah I really liked it I liked um the different voices for the different characters um certain character particularly sorrow's story and what ends mm. up happening with her towards the end i like mm-hmm. seeing her progression we'll say she was definitely f- the most everybody was fascinated she's the most fascinating i think because it took me a while to be like wait is what's happening really what's happening right. or yeah. <clears throat> yep. what do you think megan uh- I enjoyed it. I at first was hesitant because I was like, are we doing another Kindred? Because mm-hmm. I don't think I'm ready for that. Um, yep. But it's 
it's so in the early days of slavery that it's kind of like this family's trying to figure out what that even means. So it's not that kind of dark. Bad stuff still happens, but like, it's not me sobbing at a book on the subway kindred <laughs> kind of book. So, <clears throat> which I was glad. So, uh, I ended up doing this half in, in paperback and half in audiobook because Toni Morrison does read the audiobook. Oh, wow. And uh, if I, I recommend anybody pick it up because, first of all, she has the most soothing voice on the planet. <laughs> And you can listen to it at, like, double the speed, and it just starts to sound, like, a little faster than normal because she just has the most soothing, slow voice. <laughs> and then it was it was wonderful. It's, it's also a very quick listen, so, okay. obviously. Um, but, yeah, this... I, I was trying to cla- figure out how I would classify this book. It was published in 2008, so we are way past postmodern and to because there is no other word for it yet, post-postmodern, and it kind of has that feel, like, this book is not about a linear story, Mm. but it's more about the character. It's like, here's a moment in time, and we're going to tell you about the characters and how they got here, and yes, we're going to learn what happens afterwards, and it matters, but it's kind of also doesn't, if that makes sense. It almost felt to me like, um, like there was a source material, like almost like um, if you saw like Jacob Vark's obituary, and it was like he leaves behind a wife and you know whatever, and all these, and you you just get all these names, or like even a will or whatever, so to speak, um, and it almost like fleshes out because like there's a there's a basic plot that happens. But it goes, like you said, it kind of jumps all around and sort of like different levels of supernatural stuff kind of maybe happen. And like, <laughs> um, but like, I think there's there's like a plot from A to B, but it's like not even like a sitcom length plot. Like, not that this is a comedy, but like, you know, it's, it's a, it's sort of it's a 30 minute show. Yeah. This happens, this happens, this happens. And then the end. Um, I think that, uh. But I think I, I looked at it as sort of like, um, like here's the cast of characters. Now here's each of their stories. Right. So, the basic story here is that Jacob accepts a slave girl on behalf of a debt collection, brings her home, ends up falling ill with smallpox and dying, and. Um, at his funeral, his wife realizes that she's sick. She sends her trusted, um, I guess, servants. I don't think she's quite a servant, but Lena, to get the blacksmith to help because the blacksmith has helped cure smallpox on their farm once already. Doesn't she send Florence? She might. No, yeah. I thought she sent Lena first. She sent. I think no, she does. You're right. You're right. She does. Sorry. I got them a little bit confused at times. Sure. I... Something about their names kept throwing me off. Um, so, Sorry. yes, you're right. She does send Florence, and his wife survives, becomes mean, 
and I've completely lost what happens after that. I don't know. I stopped writing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, Florence is go. in love with the blacksmith. Yeah. Yes. So within all this, we've got people that are in love and having babies and a lot yep. of um, stillborns and, and babies dying very young and a lot of there is some sexual assault. There is some stuff that is questionably sexual assault, right. um, which is kind of the overall theme that I'll get to in a second. And then there's also the understanding of like jealousy and how different kinds of love and, and the pain in that. But the wife lives, she becomes more mean. Lena changes. Everybody's kind of affected by the fact that the, the woman, the wife stays alive and <clears throat> that's kind of the overall story because even then it's like after that it's like Florence is more moody because of things that happened with the blacksmith but Sorrow's had a baby so she's actually getting better and Lena's no longer considered like a friend so her life's kind of turned more better so it's a little bit of everything kind of coming together we can get to everybody's individual stories. Um, I did. I didn't actually get that the wife lived. <laughs> yeah, she does. She's. Uh, I think. I'm. I'm. I'm so sorry to like. I, I'm just. I, I'm. I'm surprised. Well, oh yeah, you know what? You're right. Yeah, because I, she I, comes like incredibly religious and mean yes. afterwards. So you're tough. right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Right. Because she had been right. Sorry about that. I, I no worries. There's a lot of characters in here that that it's like who dies and who doesn't makes a lot of sense. Because I know that they were they were worried about her dying because if she died, then they basically had no place to live because they didn't. You can't leave land to slaves and mm-hmm. right. There's no one else to be there so they would have to clear out um i guess i thought that that i don't know <laughs> i don't know i it, yeah that's weird that i had that recollection anyways sorry <laughs> no you're it's again this is a can it it is such a heavy book for such a short book yes <laughs> yes um like it almost um, feels like not a lot happens but then a lot does happen. <laughs> yes. Especially because you get all that, all the backstory, too. So, um, would it be okay if we talked a little bit about, uh, about Florence to yeah. start? Um, She's kind of our main character, I think. Yeah. They kind of keep going, like, it's almost like a, there's like a framing story where she is on her way to go get the blacksmith. And we don't realize that, right. but like, every other chapter is her journey to the blacksmith. Um, and so I thought it was really interesting because then she thinks she's going to be with the blacksmith. Are we spoilers here? Yeah, you're we? good. Oh, yeah. You're All right, good. cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so then, but he has this like adoptive child that, that has come into his, I, I hesitate to say possession, but like is in his life now. And like he basically chooses that kid over Florence and basically rejects her. And so then she goes back home sort of dejected and like she doesn't have her master's shoes and she's gone she's sac- made all these sacrifices. And then it turns out that she's writing all of her sections 
in on the walls and floors and all over the 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 one of the, I guess one of the things that has to be established is that Jacob gradually builds bigger and bigger houses and like his third and biggest house he basically just gets to uh, they take his body over there because he dies before he can like see it. Right. So like she goes there and like um quote unquote haunts it like the two the two guys Will and Scully. I think they basically think that it's haunted by his ghost, but it's actually her with a lantern basically writing all over um the walls of this of this big huge room the section the the story that she's been telling throughout this whole book and I got a real um invisible man feel um the Ralph Ellison invisible man um I think that's in a that fair it's, assessment it's like a kind of like a vandalism and like art and like graffiti and like subversion and like there was the part it's been so long since i've read invisible man but there's a part where like he he like like hooked all the power into his underground area and like like i feel like he like wrote all over the walls or like got got did something to the walls to like express himself and i really got sort of a, a an act of rebellion because she was a slave that was able to read it was already kind of an act of rebellion and in that she and and by her like writing all over the walls it sort of was like the completion of that rebellion um i really liked it a lot i really thought it was was well done that it was sort of like so anyways i'm telling you this story and i shouldn't be i shouldn't be in this house i shouldn't be marking all over the walls and i shouldn't be able to mark all over the walls as it is um so I don't know. Like I, I I'm not. I, I like. I'm interested. I would really like to know. I know I said that the length was good, but like, I really want like a mercy too, because like I want to know what happens to her specifically, because like, it sort of ends on like a maybe a bleak note, and I think that uh, I'd really like to know if her, because like her mom, basically gives her up to, to, how hopefully she has a better life, and like. I think it's a big question about whether she does or not. Um, yeah. So I, I, I thought she was an interesting main character. Um, they also did, they also had her as like the audience surrogate a little bit so that they could, we could meet all these people and like um, be interested, sort of like a, how a sitcom will start with a new, with a new character joining the group. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, so that you can learn all these people and like, it's not weird that they're like saying these things that everyone all you knows. Um, so yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. I think that uh, makes a lot of sense. Uh, I was gonna add. So, her mom does give her up, and and she wrestles the whole book because she feels like her mother gave her up because her mother doesn't care, doesn't love right. her, and all like she just feels abandoned. But really, in kind of and going with the title of the book, her mother gave her up because. Her mother was getting sexually abused by their, her current master. Right. And she didn't want that to happen to, to her daughter. So when this guy who doesn't quite seem like he cares, um, I don't want to say doesn't care about slaves, doesn't care about the politics of slavery, I guess, maybe even a better way to put it. Um, yeah, she's she just, feels going to get a better life. Go ahead. She's uh that she that he looked at Florence like she was just another human child and not right. something right. to be abused and so she thought that she'd have a better chance 
Um, could, could I read the, the passage that has the title in it? Because I thought it was sure. really pretty. Yeah. Um, so um, it says, uh, I knew Senor would not allow to... So, uh, sorry. Uh, you stood there in those shoes, and the tall man laughed and said he would take me to close the debt. I knew Senor would not allow it. I said, take you. I said, you, take you and my daughter, because I saw the tall man see you as a human child, not pieces of eight. I knelt before him, hoping for a miracle. He said, yes. It was not a miracle bestowed by God. It was a mercy offered by a human. And I think that's really gorgeous. And, like, a pretty great, like, uh, part of a closing paragraph. Because, like, I read it before you guys called tonight, and I was like... (laughs) Uh, yes. right. Okay, got it. <laughs> yeah, the book definitely comes around full circle. Yeah. Yeah, because you kind of um, spend the book, uh, well, I spent a lot of the book feeling Florin's feelings, like that feeling like her mom just chose her baby brother over her. Um, and that that's something that she's grappled with her entire life uh there's i can't remember where it is but there's one part where she says she knows what mothers look like when they'll choose you know their sons or something like that yeah um Mm -hmm. and she and it also just makes her very like she really wants to please everyone she's very grateful for any bit of affection so this blacksmith that comes in and gives her a little bit of affection it's like oh so now we are obsessed with this man right (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. Which I think unfortunately way too many women can relate to. Uh, yeah. But yeah, she's also Lena t- kind of takes her in. Mm-hmm. If I remember correctly. And Lena is kind of like like almost like the 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 co-head of household almost like like Jacob is sort of off doing his business stuff and Lena kind of runs the house with Rebecca. And they kind of look at each other as, like, peers. Um, Lena's kind of everyone's mom, it sort of feels like. Um, Even though she's not the age to be anyone's mom, necessarily, I suppose. And actually, I take that completely back. This is an age where she was perfectly old enough to be someone's mom. Um, (laughs) But she she kind of, like, she almost, like... um, she does this with like she kind of keeps sorrow at bay that the the person named sorrow not the abstract concept right that sorrow probably represents in some english class um <laughs> but she kind of like and like holds florence away from sorrow and like kind of like manages where everyone is and like yep. what everyone's job is and whatever um and that's good for a for a while or at least it appears to be then sorrow tells sort of a different story um which is a little bit horrifying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorrow's just kind of viewed as like this cursed child throughout. Just like for yeah. now, we'll keep her there. Cause uh, I think after we learn a little bit about um, Florence, we learn about Jacob. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, but we can jump to Lena first because we already are talking about her because, so she is kind of surprisingly a native American woman rather than mm. uh, a, an African American slave or um were there Spanish slaves? I feel like there was no. There was talk of uh, Portugal. That's yeah, what it was. Saint Saint Hor was uh, was was Portuguese. Yeah. Yes. So Lena um, is a Native American. She was raised by European colonists, and like her entire village is wiped out by smallpox, and she's technically free. 
which makes like um the, I listened a little bit to a, an interview about this book and I didn't get through all of it, unfortunately, but this book has a lot of betrayals and like Lena kind of gets the most betrayal because she is free. She's basically, she's a servant, but she's not a slave. Mm. And so the fact that someone that she kind of almost views as her equal in Rebecca yeah, basically turns on her and becomes more of a master towards the end is uh it's kind of one of the biggest betrayals of this book in my opinion right yeah um, i would agree with that because i really liked when we find out more about because lena's at the house first before rebecca comes and so when rebecca comes there's a little bit of an adversarial relationship that seems to quickly fall away because they both kind of don't know everything about how to run this farm run this house and they you know, Rebecca will ask for help, like they'll laugh at themselves when they make mistakes. So they fell into like an easy routine of working together. So then we're, yeah. when Rebecca got mean, I was very upset. <laughs> like, yes, I was really upset. Yeah. I had a very hard time not relating all these characters back to who we read in Kindred. Oh, but for God. some reason I kept <laughs> making those comparisons, especially yeah. like as Rebecca kept getting angrier, it was like, ah, um, so let's talk about Jacob really quick because he's kind of, he's the one that brings everybody kind of together. So Jacob is a white man from England. Um, is he not Dutch? He's uh, born in England. His mother's English. His father's is du- his father is Dutch. Gotcha. Um, both of his parents are gone. No, his mother died. He's disowned and raised in an orphanage. Nobody has a happy life in the 1600s. This is what I learned. <laughs> like Nobody's happy. Yep. Um, so he came to the Americas as, a, as part of the Dutch West India Company and has land, but is unhappy with kind of his status and like wants to kind of overcome this line of poverty. Like is really focused on money in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, he goes to collect this debt. Sorry, I cut you off. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. <laughs> uh, and he keeps, like, talking about how these people have all this money, but they're doing terrible things. Like, terrible in the sense of, like, rude and commoner-like, and their food's gross, and um, they're wasting money to kind of keep up appearances rather than living within their means right right which he then because uh when he wants to build he builds one house he had they have one house and then they build a bigger one which rebecca's happy with and then he wants to build a third even bigger one which is when the blacksmith comes to make this very fancy gate and everything and there's a point where rebecca says we don't need this and he's like yeah but i want it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. basically where he ends up with the money thing and she uh, she doesn't really know where the money's coming from but she notices that the things he brings home you know from his travels change from kind of practical things to things that she doesn't really need like a fancy tea set or a fancy this that gets put away like they think the mirror or something um, right so yeah, it's all he's, crap yeah like stuff she that they don't need <laughs> so he starts out just Cause she, her thing was, you know, we're common folk where, you know, we do what we need to do to get by kind of thing. Um, and that seemed to be how he was at first, but then he wanted more 
and I get wanting to be comfortable. He wanted the farm to be profitable, but then the need for that bigger house with the bigger gate where the, when it closes, it turns it into like the latch or something is a blossom, like a flower blossom, yeah. very fancy, yeah. very ornate. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely ridiculous, in other words. <laughs> and is unnecessary. It like a <laughs> very corrupt, unnecessary. Like the American dream corrupting, like, like, at the co- like achieving the american dream at the cost of your soul sort of thing going on like it started happening way back then yes i can yeah, yeah. <laughs> he reminded me a little like, bit yeah um yeah a little bit of walter white from uh, breaking bad just with the, we're starting <laughs> out to do what we need to do and now i just want more <laughs> right right not to the extent that walter white went to, for certain things but just you know the same kind of general progression <laughs> He's also very anti-Catholic, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that was a pretty... But I guess, yeah, Protestants went to the U.S. My American history is very bad, oh, so, so please correct me. Okay. Well, I think, like, up until, like, I mean, I know that, that JFK got, like, no one will ever elect a Catholic president, so, like... That's right. Up until, yeah. like, very, very recently, and probably, I would imagine, probably there are places still today where it's, like, Catholic not to be trusted sort of yeah. stuff. Um, well, it makes sense because I think the the Irish are very Catholic, um, the Spanish are very Catholic, which is, you know, the Irish were very heavily looked down upon in the U.S. when yeah. they came over. And um, I think we all know how the Spanish are kind of treated these days. <laughs> so. Yeah. <laughs> well, th- there's a, yeah, yeah. Um, I think that there's, like, it's not just the, because the, uh, the people that, Rebecca doesn't like the like the the women in the town are all not are they Catholic? Odds are they're gonna be Protestant. Are they? But they're they're like us. They might be. Are they Jesuits? Because if oh, there's there's probably yeah. (laughs) There's like there's a there's a bunch of like we don't trust like don't trust any religion like stuff going on which like. I kind of, like, the way that it was presented, I definitely kind of got. Like, it was sort of like, it was, I, I definitely recognized a lot of the things that I don't love about organized re- religion already in this, like, 17th <laughs> century book, like, where it was like, yeah, oh, you're so blessed. You, it's, it's, that, it's that old trope of, like, oh, I love you, you just wear whatever. Like, it's like that backhanded compliment, like, I'm <laughs> saying nice things to your face. <laughs> right. But, yeah. But I'm actually—it's actually very clear that I hate you. Kind of stuff already going on, and it like—it was driving me crazy. So I was like, I definitely get. Don't trust those people. Just stick to yourself. We're our religion is hard work. Like, yeah. um, <laughs> and then to see it sort of was another betrayal where like she kind of went over to—I guess you can't call it the dark side, but like you know, the the bad guys um, yeah, at the right. end. Um, because when Through. she first, oh, go ahead. Yeah, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, just when she first comes to the states to be with Jacob to get married and everything, she does go to church at first. Um, and it, I made a note of that one because it said that the where she was going was a group that had previously separated from their previous church so that they could practice a purer form of the separatist <laughs> religion. Oh. And I was like, purer <laughs> form? Oh no. <laughs> And then Rebecca Aww. stopped going there and then also held it against them that they wouldn't baptize 
uh, their kids. Her kid, yeah. right? Yeah. And then when the kid, yeah. um, the kids all died young, so and they were not baptized. Um, yeah. Yeah, and they like yeah. wouldn't come out or yes. wouldn't help with some things, and like her anti-church. I think it's more anti. I keep wanting to say Baptist, but it's definitely not Baptist at this point. Uh, Protestant is is fascinating because like they screw her over entirely. Mm-hmm. Um, so it yeah, is I mean, interesting that she goes it's, super religious at the end. It might be Anabaptists. <laughs> okay. It, yes. Um, I remember seeing that. Yes. But like, I'm also seeing like the horrible Quakers beaten bloody in their own meeting house back home. Like there, there's just all sort like, it just seems really, really troubling to like. I guess if you're on the inside of the religion, it's good, but like, they're not. So like, <laughs> like yeah. I mean, if we want to get in on Rebecca, like she came over on like what we could call just a ship full of sinners, like sinful women of various <laughs> kinds. <Yeah. laughs> that and, and the name of their ship was the Angelus. Angel right, yes. right. Buffy yes. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. He's from the 1600s, right? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> oh, so he totally Tony Morrison, got it. Secret Buffy fan. <laughs> <laughs> That's what this is. This is the start of the Buffy fanfic. All right. <laughs> oh no! Oh. oh no! There is. I mean, like, you could. I mean, like, there there was, like, a, a witch, like, there was a demon-possessed, like, that, um, but, like, I, I thought it was interesting that basically, I, I feel like you see this a lot in, in, in certain books where, like, really the, like, maybe most trustworthy people were the, were the women on that ship, like, the yeah. people that were getting shipped out for, like, prostitution and being pregnant, you know, mm. sins, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> Yep. <laughs> and like yep. being a thief and stuff like it's sort of um they those were in my in my you know when i go through the book and think about like the people that were quote unquote good those were like that that ship was full of like people that i was like yeah these these are good people right here yeah um, they're the most honest it's yeah. you know it's not even like i don't know if the entire ship was terrible people but they're definitely put in like basically a whole near an engine with like one mm-hmm. small window and it's at least seven of them plus a child or six of them plus a child yeah and she's the only one that is going to kind of avoid a worse life like she hasn't necessarily done anything bad she's going to get married right right but yeah she's, i mean she's a she's kind of a mail order bride a little bit yeah so, yeah like separated from like the the wealthier women who were put up, exactly. I'm sure in better accommodations, <laughs> and the men right. obviously had to be separated from the men, except of course. for of course one of them was immediately sent to the captain's cabin. Oh god, yeah, and yeah. Then the rest were sent down into this hole. I don't know this. Not, it's not it was basically like ship, luggage. Like yeah, I thought of it as like yeah. as like where the luggage was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and they they're aware that like they're all going for different reasons they've all send in the eyes they like give rebecca shit because she is a virgin and mm-hmm. like yeah um and that's just kind of hilarious but it's also like they're very aware that once they step on that land they're never going to see each other again right right yeah 
no, there's no sentimentality at all. They're like, all right, we'll see ya. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, but during um, the voyage, they have like they have a tea party. She's with yes. there's no tea. Um, yeah. But <laughs> Re- Rebecca offers up the cheese that she has. I think what do they flavor the water with? Whiskey, rum. It's some liquor yeah. that they <laughs> something yeah. pour in. I think um, it was rum. Yeah. Yeah. And they hold their pinkies up as they sip. I just I liked the camaraderie. <laughs> yes. That was born among yeah. them, even though they knew at the time, too, that they weren't going to see each other once this voyage was over. Yeah. Yeah. So she it has been purchased or no, she didn't require a dowry. So she they just won't. Look, Jacob just wanted a hardworking, simple wife. <laughs> and like she steps on the land and like trips and he doesn't turn around. And she's kind of like, all right, I get your character. Yeah. What it was her options? It was so she survives the Great Plague. She survives the fire, London fire, because at one point she's like, "There's no way I have smallpox. I've already survived all of this." Right. And so she's like, <laughs> "I've got three options, and I know one of them's marriage and one of them's prostitution, and I can't remember what the third one was." Uh, was it to head. go into the nunnery? No, because I feel like. That she would have picked, because <laughs> like the with, way she even talks with her, about like, marriage, huge anti-religion stuff. I feel like she was like, "I'm not doing." I would rather. Maybe it was a nunnery. I could be wrong. Um. Because well, no, because I remember feeling she says it, and then it's like, well, two of those are going to get you killed and or raped or like you know some combination of. And marriage, and she's she's even like, and marriage isn't that much better, right, <laughs> right. Um, I don't remember. It'll come to me at some point, probably at three a.m. Um, <laughs> but yeah, she has no interest in love, really. But you know, she's sixteen. What is she gonna do? Right. But yeah, we, I, I, I do love how this it, is framed because it is all. She is sick. She is fever like this the pox has hit her and it's kind of all told through like a hazy i can't think of the word Um, like a fever dream yes rather than like and this is her background it's like no she's remembering the ship and like this is the only other time she's probably really ever thought of these women or that they've come back to her and i loved that phrasing framing yeah yeah yeah, I thought it was interesting. Like, uh, Toni Morrison, if I'm recalling um, Beloved correctly, was is really good at, like, ghosts and, like, what ghosts are and, like, mm. and, like, how it's not necessarily, like, the traditional idea, but it is, like, basically the same thing. Because, like, these were all, they're basically memories come to life. And uh, I thought that was really, I thought that was really cool. Um, and, again, they were sort of people that I liked, so I was like, all right. So at least she has these sinful women to come keep her company. <laughs> yeah. Um, I am so sorry. I'm I'm like trying to find what I'm in her chapter. It's such a short book. I feel like I should be able to find anything <laughs> we need to know. <laughs> oh wait 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 wait. Um. Uh, without money or inclination to peddle goods, open a stall or be apprenticed in exchange for food and shelter with even nunneries for the upper class band. Her prospects, her prospects were servant, prostitute, wife. Servant. Okay, mm-hmm. that's right, what it was. Right. 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 Um, so basically, Handmaid's Tale. Yes. <laughs> so, 
her life on the farm is hard, but it's not bad. She actually is really okay with it. The the major issue she's having is that she cannot produce a son. And, and at one point she's like, if I can, oh, I just had Henry VIII flashbacks. Hang on. If I can just <laughs> produce an heir. Oh, yeah. the other boiling girl. <laughs> Everything would be fine. <laughs> Oh, that hurt. Because yeah, it was um, three boys who who died, right? It's at least two. If, if I can't remember if it's three boys or if it's three in total. Because there's... The daughter's is definitely one. the worst. Right, because the daughter yeah. lives to be, what, five or so? And then she gets kicked in the head by a horse right. and dies. Yes. Was it the blacksmith's horse? Do I, am I recalling yes. that correctly? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, because if the blacksmith, if he hadn't gone to build the third house, mm-hmm. their kid would have lived. Right. Um, I think it is three boys because I feel like the third one died in winter, mm. and they couldn't, so they had to have two mm. funerals. And... Right, because they had to keep one of them. I just, I just read Pet Cemetery, and I've, mm. I've been really inundated with <laughs> yes. what you do with a body in the winter. <laughs> so like. <laughs> We got like three episodes on Pet Cemetery. You're oh, good. Yes, we do. <laughs> we talk Pet Cemetery to death. So yeah, um, I'm I'm real good on what you do with a body in the winter. Like, <laughs> like I get it. Okay, please can the next book not contain that bit of trivia? <laughs> uh, so I think we've kind of gone over most of the main characters. The only one we have left is Sorrow. Who is right. the prob- yeah. probably well the mo- of the main characters? She's the most complex, I think. Mm-hmm. Um. So, so you don't really get her t- backstory. Like you don't get it right away. She's right. Yeah. So she's basically up. we're we're seeing a bunch of she. I think she gets like the third to last story. Yeah. And mm-hmm. like all throughout this whole thing, it's basically like sorrow is one evil two bad luck three crazy mm-hmm. <laughs> like she's not great worker. not great not great she yeah she's off. yeah she's lazy yeah yeah and then I... we get her story and it's kind of like yeah but i mean like there's some there's some uh rationale and 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 stuff behind her mm-hmm. whole deal right. um and Lena becomes like not great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because since we kind of get Lena's stuff first, you're like, oh, Lena's great. She's you know, yeah. sort of like second or third in command of this house. She's looking out for Florence, helps raise her up, and then it's like, yeah. oh, Lena, what have you done? <laughs> yeah. And like, I, I reread that part. I, I was f- like, wait a minute. <laughs> I f- do. You, I feel like they treated Sorrow like livestock. I feel and like, like Lena did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, at and least Le- Lena definitely like. There was an efficiency to. She basically like drowned Sorrow's first kid. Yep. Yeah. And so, so I like, was gonna say the way you that, would like, like with like a cat. Yeah. <laughs> or like a like some an animal that you don't mm-hmm. want around. Not that I you do, should do that, but like back in the day. <laughs> I do like that. Like, there's a point where Lena is talking to Rebecca and is like, she is cursed. She's the reason mm-hmm. none of your kids are surviving. Yes. Because I, I think Sorrow came either right when or right after the first child dies. Yeah. And yeah. so it, it makes sense. But Rebecca kind of turns to her and is like, I don't want to hear your savage mm-hmm. bullshit, for lack of a better term. Um, yeah. 
because I am not Toni Morrison. And, uh, <laughs> and like, the dynamic there is great. But then we get Sorrow, who, yeah, like, she's like, I think, I thought I saw my baby yawn. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, for the love of God, please tell me that she's just crazy. And yeah. that this baby did not die. Like, get right. killed. Yeah. It's, it's one of those, like ambiguous things that like I guess I felt like when I was in school it felt like every single book had one of those things but because (laughs) now that I'm out of school it feels like it's more rare and so I kind of like it more and so what must have happened in English class was they were like all these books are so great due largely to the part that there's like an ambiguity to them so let's all stack them all together (laughs) (laughs) but like it's having it every now and again is kind book. of fun. It's kind of hard to write a paper about a book that's like, I can straightforward tell you everything that's happening. Right, <laughs> right, yeah. right. That's true. That's true. Um, so then Sorrow gets pregnant again by the blacksmith, right? Is it the blacksmith? Because I was not I think that I think the blacksmith basically gets Sorrow pregnant, and then Florence is like, deacon. mine. It's hmm? a deacon. Oh, was it the deacon? Okay. Yeah. With 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 her second baby? Uh, The first baby was the was the deacon. Yeah, because she starts meeting up with him again in secret. Oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. Okay. So then she has that baby. Okay. And become and changes her name from Sorrow to Complete, which is which is a pretty cool. Really liked. So the whole thing about like, oh, Sorrow's dumb. Like she's just this dumb woman. She doesn't really. She wanders off. She's not a good worker. She's kind of smart because when she knows it's her time to have the baby, she does not ask Lena for help. She goes to have the baby, not by herself, because she I think she knew that uh, Will and Scully would be coming by or that there was a good chance that they would come by to help her. So she goes to a spot where these two people she trusts can actually help her. Um, And they will not drown her baby. (laughs) Right. And they had helped like calves be born, right? So, like, there's, yeah. again, this, like, she's kind of like an animal. She's treated like an animal, even in, like, she's like, all right, I know these guys can do a calf, so they can do my kid, too, and, and they'll, they'll not drown it, because, yeah. Yeah. Sort I'm of not weird... confused myself, and I'm trying to figure out who the father of the actual child that is born <laughs> is. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I don't first. know. I thought the first one I feel was like the, when the blacksmith first came oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. No, I just I thought the first one was the the first family that takes her in, there were two boys. And there's a part where the mother of that household tells her, Oh, you have your period, this is what this means and then she stops right. getting it and she talks to twin, that's the other thing, is she has a twin that only she can see who looks yeah. exactly like her. Um right. talks to twin about could it be because of the things that are happening with those boys. So that's why I thought it was the, right. the first baby was the boys. And I completely forgot about the deacon. But when you brought him up, Me I was too. like, oh, there was something she about definitely, a deacon. And... She definitely has sex with a deacon because yeah. she witnesses Florence and the blacksmith having sex. And right. there's implication that this was not how her sex went. Right. 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 Yes. Because the other thing, too, she does compare them having sex to when she sees animals having sex. Yeah, that, that was that was Florence yeah, that Florence <laughs> is into it. Like, whereas yeah. the animals yeah. 
they don't seem as enthusiastic. <laughs> yeah. It there it was so weird in this book. There were parts that I was like, this is so vivid and so great and like I'm never gonna forget this. And then there were parts like the deacon <laughs> where I was like like it it just it in one in one ear and out the other to for lack of a better term. Yeah. Like it it was interesting. Um I had forgotten about him too. I don't think he's important, so you're not really supposed to remember. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. But it did um, because I forgot about him, I did wonder, wait a minute, was the father the blacksmith? It wasn't Jacob. Like I was like, who else right. would the dad be? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Um, there was so there was Will and Scully, um, who we sort of saw as a pair throughout all, most of the book, um, like sort of like Will and Scully, like Tweedledee and Tweedledum, kind of like yeah. they just go together. <laughs> um, but then in their chapter, they got one chapter, but they sort of split the chapter. Um, and Will was an indentured servant, I guess. Like he basically was paying off a debt that he theoretically would be able to pay off at some point in his life. Um, even though it wasn't looking great. Cause he kept like charging up more money. Like he kept getting charged more money or whatever. So will should have been done by 21 and he's now in his late twenties. Yeah. Um, oh, because he kept escaping or trying to right. escape. Right. 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 And also getting and drunk then, too, as I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Something else he did <laughs> every now and then. Uh, and then Scully is in his early 20s, but has been indentured for, like, 10 years. And he, and Scully, I thought, was a very interesting, like... Like, she kept giving these, like... Like, I want to know more... We'll talk about her in a second. I want to know more about Jane the Demon Girl. Um, <laughs> I want to know more about <laughs> Scully, who was a gay man. Yes. Who uh-huh. had been in a relationship with the curate, and w- they were caught. And the way it worked was... If Scully was like, oh, yeah, I seduced him with my lascivious ways, then it's like, all right, well, get out of here. But if it's like the curate seduced Scully, which seems like maybe more of what happened, then the curate gets executed. Mm-hmm. So, like, it was like he made a sacrifice for love. Yes. I su- I, so that the curate wouldn't get killed. Um, there were lots of sacrifices for love in this book as well. There really um, is, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I thought that was interesting. I, I think it's it's always interesting when you're reading a book like this where they're not going to come out and say, because there's no term for like, you know, Scully wasn't out yet, but well, like there was no, there was no, right. He They said something about like he had, you know, sworn off women, men were the only one for him, whatever. So like that was as close as it came. But I think it's always interesting when you're like, so that means okay yes that means that and like it's not spelled out i really like that a lot yeah it's like you can piece it together and it's clear but it's not just like here you go that's really cool i had a really hard time this could sound terrible not seeing hitchcock and scully because i've been watching way too much brooklyn (laughs) 99 you're not wrong you're not wrong (laughs) like like it's paused right now so we can record And they're like together. They're like a a pair that are sort of like the helpers. Yeah, no, I get it. I see. I get it. Not all the way caught up, but I know exactly what you mean. (laughs) Catch up. Um, Yeah. And then there was the the demon, quote unquote, maybe demon child that uh, 
Florence runs into her and her mom on the way to the blacksmith. Yes. And and yeah. um and like I thought that was interesting because so there's this whole thing and they like take Florence's paper that says, "Hey, hey everyone, it's Rebecca. I'm super sick and Florence <laughs> here is off to get the blacksmith. So don't give her any grief." Right. And so they immediately give her grief because America. And um they she runs into this like mom who's trying to make like basically her kid is getting accused of being a witch or possessed or both i'm not really sure what the distinction of those is um and so basically they both get to get away and the weirdest part for me is that like florence is like all right well i'm off to see the blacksmith and the demon girl's like all right well i'm out of here too and she's like hey wait do you really are you really possessed by a demon and the girl's like yep see ya and like runs <laughs> off <laughs> very cheerful like, and like yep, gotta go <laughs> I, I can't like I, I feel like like that's either like the freest spirit proto hippie that I've ever seen in my life or <laughs> like because I feel like she like I feel like she was almost like yep what yes whatever I'm I'm, I'm, I'm free now so sure yes possessed by demons see you later um, but also Tony Morrison is so cool about the ambiguity that maybe you know I don't know maybe <laughs> I mean, we're we're just a few years before the whole. Well, I guess probably more than a few. The Salem witch trials, and we do get. Well, this the, is sixteen ninety, so this is after that. Is it okay? I seriously just went to that museum and I still couldn't tell you dates. <laughs> um, but they, the I'm so fascinated with how our culture viewed demons and witches and things like that. And it's like, hey, if you cut her, she won't bleed. And it's like, okay. But if she does, then oops. Yeah. So Jane's legs. It's are a good thing cut. we've gotten a lot fairer about how we treat women in this country. <laughs> <laughs> and they also talk about boiled duck eggs, which uh, that is a, another bird this week that I'm like, I guess you could eat their eggs, hmm. but uh, what I want to kind of thing. They uh, there's a duck egg. Do you guys ever see um, Night at the Opera? No. The, it's a, there's a Marx Brothers movie where um, there's this bit where they're like loading up this steamer room with all these people and the waiter keeps coming to the door and they need to pretend that they're not in there but Harpo keeps squeezing his horn so Groucho takes that as an order for an egg and then Harpo squeezes his horn in a different way and he's like in one duck egg so like <laughs> it's it's something it's, it's something, something to eat <laughs> I believe it it's just something that I was like oh okay we eat yeah. this and then uh, the last the last chapter is from the perspective of Manah May, which is uh, the first thing I looked up for this book, which is Portuguese for like mom, yeah, um, mm-hmm. and it's Florence's mom, and we get that justification for what's up with the child abandonment, and it turns out what's up with it is hopefully a better life. Yeah. Right. Which was I want to talk. Uh, Oh, it was heartbreaking. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I want to talk really quick. I don't think we really dove into the second half of Florian's story. Um, like, oh yeah, what happens with the blacksmiths? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Particularly. So, like, they've been, in her perspective, they're very much in love. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, can't live without each his? other. Love. Yeah. Well, from her perspective, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and. So she finds out that he has an adopted kid. 
and she's like instantly jealous. And like the kids like one of those like yes father and then he and then he leaves and the kids like all right, I'm bad. I'm yeah. going to break some stuff. <laughs> yep. Right? Very it was like much. some real problem child's type 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 stuff. Um, yeah, he's he's definitely young and he's definitely darker skin. Um and he's definitely a terror. <laughs> right. Stole like I think he even says well, like which were sir's boots. Yeah. Like yeah. I'm in charge. Um, yeah. And she does what honestly I think a lot of moms are terrified they're going to do with their young child and ends up breaking his arm. Yeah. Which I thought she killed him at first. Oh my sure. god, I did yeah. too. Or that it was going to yeah. go into her killing him after breaking yes. the arm to like like, I don't know. it was worded a little weird. And I was like, oh, dear God. Yeah. Someone's going to die. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I will say, though, when, we, when she first sees the boy, she's immediately jealous. And I was like, what the hell, dude? <laughs> like, it's yeah. a child. Like, <laughs> he has a kid? It, yeah. I don't know. Maybe because, like, so my parents broke up when I was a baby. My stepmom's always been great. My stepdad's always been great. Like, not that I'm saying you'd Same. have to immediately be like, oh, this child. Yes, let's all be a family. But, like, let's, you don't have to be immediately jealous and angry that there is a child. Like, because she's immediately right. like, oh, God, he's got a kid. He's gonna he's choosing this kid over me. Like, slow down. Yeah. But right. as a reminder, she <laughs> does think that her mom picked her baby brother over yes. her. Right. Yes, in her so dream, is- too. Right. Because she has that As dream where first she can't see her reflection in the water, and then she yes. sees her mom holding this boy's hand. Yes. So like, yeah, yeah. But I was just like, can we just take a it's minute? Teenage angst. Let's just try to get through <laughs> these couple of days until the blacksmith, <laughs> whose names we never we never learn, wait till no, he right. comes home, and then let's figure it all out, and then it all goes to hell. <laughs> yeah. It's like that, you know, how hard it is when you're, like, a, a child and, like, you fall in love with an older man and, like, he has a kid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We've I all been there, right? I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like your rival is this child. Right. For a little boy who has no one else in the world because his dad died and that's why this guy has him. Or yeah. right. maybe it wasn't his yeah. dad. Whoever he was with died. And that's why this yeah. guy, the blacksmith, took him in until the town can, like, place him somewhere if that ever happens. So Yeah, he's like a foster child. Like, yeah. Yeah. And also, she he's took also his doll not, away. Yeah, and he's not a wild, or he's not a wild child. He's not a white child. Like, yeah. calm down. Like, this guy's got to be a good da- guy. Maybe he actually does care for you. Right. Um, right. I was where she's going to get to his house and there was another woman or like a wife. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I definitely expected a wife. Like, Oh God, I, this is not going to be good. I was reading it with the, with the eyes of he had slept with sorrow first. So I sort of was on the like, so he's just like anything with a pulse sort of like mm-hmm. whoever he happens to encounter that night might be good yeah. enough sort yeah. of deal. Now, if he didn't, <laughs> <laughs> that changes a little bit, but clearly the ambiguity uh, defeated me in this book. <laughs> it is very ambiguous. I like the fact that this character in and of itself, like, is he a good dude? Is he not? Right. Yeah. Because I, I did picture Luke Cage like, for the whole time. The Ooh. Luke Cage? 
Like, I was basically like Luke Cage as the blacksmith for the whole thing. Um, okay. That's just because I've been watching Luke Cage a lot. But, like, <laughs> and, like, I don't know. He seems, like, big and blacksmithy. So, like, I don't know. That was sort of who I got. <laughs> I like it, but I also don't know if the blacksmith was actually a black guy. Wasn't he? Interesting. He was. No, he was because he? he was a okay. he was a free right. he was a free man. He was he's a free, free black guy. Okay, that's and right. Yeah, yeah. Will yeah, yeah. That's what confused me at first. You that's just about me. Yeah. made me fall over with yeah. things that I've been <laughs> no, no, the assumptions no, no, no. that I've been making. I, there was like a moment where because he's described as a free black man a few times and a blacksmith, and it took me away too long to put together that they were the same person. Right. And so right. I'm still in my mind like, no, that's two different people. Hang on. But you're I really right. I. I was really hoping that this wasn't turning into not all blacksmiths are black, James, because that was going to be... Re- <laughs> like... oh, no, I think I was having so, trouble believing a black man good. in the 1600s could actually have a job. Well, so that was that was the whole thing. Them, that was yeah. why Will and Scully were like, who's this guy? Yeah. Like, yes, that's He's right. this free guy who's offering his services and stuff. Like, That's right. It's Hitchcock and Scully. I mean... Yeah. Right. <laughs> Mulder and Scully. Wait, no. Um. No, wait. <laughs> <laughs> which fox? Which fox property are they from? Uh, so this is her ninth book, and I think it, so. It was written in two thousand eight, which was ten years ago. So she was seventy seven when this book came out. Oof. Kudos, like yeah. God bless my. My dad was talking to me about how um, basically because Beloved was like her third book or something or her second book and she won a Pulitzer um or it looks like it was her fourth book maybe these aren't in order but like she she wrote she won her Pulitzer and like wrote her masterpiece so early in her career that like her career to like her big her big huge fans has kind of been a little bit of like a anticlimactic because it like she hasn't been able to hit that like sweet spot exactly again Mm-hmm. And she did it so early that people are like, "Oh, she's a genius! Here's a Pulitzer!" And she, oh, she won a, she won a Nobel Peace Prize or a Nobel Prize for Literature yeah. for Beloved as well, um, and it was like right out of the gate. So like, people have like, it's it's been. I think my dad was saying like her career has been super interesting because she's like, you know, it's like when people call like new singer-songwriters like the next Dylan and then it's like hold, let's hold on they're on their first <laughs> album like right it's that kind of thing um but for authors <laughs> well she also did spend after Beloved she became a, a professor at right. uh, Princeton so you know yeah um no but, her career yeah. is fascinating and if anybody listening has not looked into Toni Morrison like First of all, she's still alive, which is amazing. Right. Because I could have sworn I got her confused with someone else. Because I Maya Angelou. Yes. I, yeah. That's. I was yeah. like, I know I cried over her dying. Um, yeah. To the the two big prodigious authors that remind me of my grandma, and one of them is Maya Angelou, and the other one is Toni Morrison. Not for any reason, Maya Angelou more than Toni Morrison, but like when I picture them, I basically picture my my dad's mom, which is. <laughs> an odd thing um but like yeah i get those i get tony morrison and my angelou confused as well and thought that tony morrison was dead as well so sorry tony morrison yeah. we're very glad you're still here <laughs> yes mercy too please yeah. an- another mercy oh yeah because uh, i we didn't 
Do you guys think that she killed the blacksmith? Do we think the blacksmith is still alive? Because he comes home right after she's oh, broken this child's arm. The kid faints. He hits, yeah. hits her, gets her away from the kid, and he's yelling at her, tells her that she's a slave, like mentally. Yeah. She, she's just wild. She needs to go. And I think that chapter ends with something about her hand reaching until she finds the hammer. And I was like, oh, no, Florence. Oh, oh, no. right. And then she comes back to the place covered in blood. Stomping back. I liked that description from Scully uh, oh, when she's right. like, yeah. stomping back. Yeah. She would like, like, it's weird to read Stephen King among these because, like, that was definitely a like. And, and then, you know, she killed them with the hammer. And yeah. so, and so, yeah. But he got the hammer. And then we, um, does, it does come back and she, he did get the hammer away from her, but she grabs something else and, like, swings it. As she's like leaving, and it connects with him. Um, yeah. I don't remember what it is, but she gets him with. Something. I, I bet you it was an item introduced earlier that that was then came came back later, and it's super symbolic. <laughs> but I cannot pull what it is. <laughs> I bet you Toni Morrison really laid that that uh, symbolism super great, but I can't think of what it was. <laughs> <laughs> Does he save Rebecca? I guess that's the final question. Like, I. So no, hammer, I think that the, the, hammer, the members of the church the save her, right? I thought That's it was right. Lena who saved her. <laughs> oh gosh. Was it Lena? I don't know. Lena was like doing what she could, like from what she remembered of her people, and like also from the the Presbyterians that raised her. Um, right. Like a combination of stuff, because it seems like when the blacksmith comes and Rebecca sees him, he's like, "Nope, the sickness is dead." So I was like, "So what are you doing?" <laughs> right. <laughs> And he doesn't really do anything. <laughs> so I didn't know if it was like Lena's stuff that did it or what, but Rebecca. Oh, yeah, seemed it opened very right thankful. to that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. So she's writing. Okay. Now I've like completely. She's writing this, I understand, in the house so that maybe the blacksmith can find it, right? Because she's not even sure if she killed him yes. or not. Okay. Yeah. And, but then as she's you know, writing it, she remembers, I don't think he can read, but she right. still wants him to see these words. Right. Good Lord. Right. Yeah. You don't know, you read the world, but not the letters of talk. You don't know how to, maybe one day you will learn. If so, come to this farm again, part the snakes in the gate you made, enter this big awing house, climb the stairs and come inside this talking room in daylight. If you never read this, no one will. It's so cool. That's so cool. Yeah. I just love that so much. <laughs> it's like, it's so like, it's such a loud, huge kind of like, not to keep going back to Stephen King, but that is literally who I am. Um, like a sort of like, um, well, actually this is the Simpsons shining, but like, you know, when Marge <laughs> finds this Homer and he's written all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy all over the, walls and everything it's like there's it's sort of a, a psychotic mm -hmm. break sort of situation but it's also kind of like a like this big passionate moment too like it's it's again ambiguous whether or not it's like all right is she like is this her like breakdown or is this like her active her conscious active rebellion and stuff right yeah or is it an exercising of power because she's literate and he's not and he exercised power by not loving her, and so now she is exercising her power by like, here's here's my whole life laid out, you know, 
in a big, huge room for you to read. Oh, but you can't, so <laughs> I guess too to bad you. for you. Yeah. <laughs> oh. So. At first I was um, like, I don't know how we're going to talk about this book because <laughs> it's such a complex <laughs> plot. But now it's like, we could take one word and focus on it for the next 30 yeah. minutes. Yes. Like English yeah. class. <laughs> hey, can, uh, not, to, not to super English class it up. By the way, I don't know if you could tell, but I loved English class. Um, <laughs> I have an English degree. You're good. <laughs> cool. Um, can we go over uh, something that is in the last paragraph and see sure. what we think about it? Um, I wrote it down, but for some reason I feel like I want to read it from the book because I like doing that. Go so, ahead. Um, in the uh, so I state so uh, it was not a miracle bestowed by God; it was a mercy offered by a human. I stayed on my knees in the dust, where my heart will remain each night and every day until you understand what I know and long to tell you. And this is what I want to talk about. To be given dominion over another is a hard thing. To wrest dominion over another is a wrong thing. To give dominion of yourself to another is a wicked thing. So, like, that seems like something to be examined. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Um, Okay. If we were in English class and we were taking some sort of quiz on this, short answer section, I bet we could probably assign each character to who gives dominion over another, who rests dominion, and who gives dominion over themselves. So, For instance, Scully gives dominion over himself to the curate by allowing the curate to basically say, nope, it was this wicked child seduced me and don't kill me. Like, that kind of thing. I think that, yeah. Read it one more time. To be given dominion over another is a hard thing. To rest dominion over another is a wrong thing. To give dominion of yourself to another is a wicked thing. So you're saying Scully is to give of self. I think that, that there's it's an interesting thing because like I get the first one. It's hard to. The first some, one's you know, Jacob. Well, the, I mean, to be given dominion over another, right? Or it's yeah, or it's um, Lena over the household or whatever, right? Uh, to rest dominion over another is a wrong thing. That seems like senor for one. Um, Lena over sorrow for another, maybe. But then to give dominion of yourself to another is a wicked thing. Seems like it sort of subverts the whole sacrifice. Yeah, that is like, fascinating. I'm trying to think. Like she, like Florence gave dominion over herself to the blacksmith. Right. But like, That's... why is that wicked? <laughs> like, is wicked? Uh, is there a definition of wicked that isn't like evil? Like, as a, it's it's not wrong. It's wicked. I got something. I I def- Go ahead. I think I related that one more to to Florence with the blacksmith, and wicked. In kind of relation to what he tells her when he's like, "You got to get out of here because you just yep. broke this kid's arm," um, because yeah. he says you're a slave, and it's not. Jacob that makes you a slave you have made yourself a slave um, your head is empty your mm. body is wild and her response to that is I am adoring you you alone own me and he says own yourself woman and leave us be yeah. um, you could have killed hmm. the child but so I kind of related that part to giving dominion of yourself to another is wicked but then also to the first part about how having dominion over someone is hard because it would seem that the blacksmith did not realize maybe up to this point, until this point, just how much 
Florence was feeling what she was feeling, the intensity of what she right. was feeling that he that he basically did have dominion over her and didn't know. Right. I don't think he recognized that, and then maybe also didn't know what to wouldn't know what to do with that or how to handle that it, right. dominion right. in this sense, not property, but like she's super in love. <laughs> right. I guess. I guess the thing that isn't here because like there's no good thing in this there's no like I wonder what she would say of just having dominion over yourself because like it's that seems like it's pretty hard too especially if you're a certain color of skin or uh, gender um, especially in you know the 17th century um, but but it is like also I, kind of the ultimate thing we all strive for in the right. end is like to have ownership of oneself. Right. Yeah. And you can also yeah. throw it back to like you can't fall in love truly until you understand yourself. Mm. So. Mm. Yeah. In a way. Oh God. Let's see if I can do this. In a way. <laughs> you can. If you, unless you have dominion over yourself. You are always giving it up. In, in other mm. words, unless you know your true self, unless you completely own who you are, your oh, relationship's cool. basically damned. Someone has dominion mm -hmm. over you. Yeah. If it's not you, then who is it, and how'd they get it? Did you give it to them? Exactly. Oh, that's cool. That's really cool. Yeah. So, it sucks that uh, she wasn't able to tell that to her daughter, huh? <laughs> Like, it's a lesson that she wasn't able yeah. to convey. That we're, It's like a dramatic irony thing. <laughs> it sucks. And, but it's also very true of that time. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Honestly, the fact that she was able to convince him to take her daughter is kind of a miracle. Um, yeah. So. Not a miracle. A mercy. A mercy. You're right. My yep. apologies. I'm James. <laughs> 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 God, now I want to write papers. I hate this book. <laughs> <laughs> this is not what this was for. Okay. Uh, Lord. I yeah, hate it. That's all. That's all I have. Um. Uh, that was it. I like. I mean, like you said, it's a short book, and then it feels complicated, and then it feels simple, and then it feels complicated all over again. Like, yes. yeah. I love it. That's it's cool. A good description. Yes. <laughs> I avoided American American literature in college as much as possible. Like I only mm. took the required course because man, do I hate the way that we teach American literature in our country. Mm. But uh, this would be a fun subversion to what we're normally taught. You know, it is a slave story, but it is not one that is typically taught like this one it still has no happiness right. in a sense but it is also not like hey guys slavery sucks and is bad and this is all we're teaching you drilling into your head right so yeah like i think it the title is very interesting because yeah it was a mercy but like in this time i mean it, life still sucked for basically everyone so right 
Like, I mean, I guess Jacob... And see, Jacob wasn't even happy, even though he was the white man. Like, yeah. he wasn't happy. He wasn't satisfied because he wanted to keep building, building, building. So no one was happy. Our country wasn't necessarily started on anything positive. Like, <laughs> right. That's <laughs> part true. of people that came to... And I'm not even talking about, like, slavery and what we did to Native Americans. I'm talking about, like, why Europeans came to America. Right part of the colonization was literally like Europe is too frustrating. We're going to take our sad sack selves and go away from you. Right. With it's our like emo shooting, haircuts. shooting our pollution into space. Like, yes. <laughs> like here's a, here's a place that we aren't living. Let's send our trash there. Yes. Now I have five paper topics in my head. Thank you. <laughs> God. <laughs> I can't do this. Okay. Anything else either of you want to discuss before we uh, move on? Um, no, I think I think I'm good. There's an old money, new money, new money sort of subversion between Jacob and and the Senor de Ortega. Yeah, I think that you could explore, yep. and it's sort of the opposite of like the Great Gatsby, where the new money's like. Pfft, gross rotting old money just doing whatever making these gross gross sweet cakes or whatever um it's sort of a like an uh, the opposite where it's like and it, it, there's there's something about america or something to jacob where he's like like the ortega represents the old world and he represents the new world or something like that exactly but, yeah yeah this is our country damn it yeah Stephanie, were you going to say something? I heard um, the only. Yeah, the only other thing was just it's we kind of we did our we touch on a little bit. Um, another paper topic idea would be <laughs> to focus on the interactions of all the women throughout the story, because um, we do get to see Florence and Lena, like how that works. Lena and Rebecca coming to basically yeah. run the farm together, um, and yeah. then kind of how there's a part where um, basically says that the women are all falling away from each other and it's while Florence is gone and while Rebecca I think while she's still sick um, yeah wondering is Florence the glue was Jacob the glue that kind of held them together is this tragedy just too much for them um, yeah I was sad to see the relationships deteriorate the way that they did yeah, um, yeah. but was happy about Sorrow's uh, or complete as she called herself yeah how she because once she had the baby then she started doing chores i mean she would stop those chores to go tend to the baby but she started speaking up a little bit more and being a little bit more assertive and self-assured yeah. it seemed um here's something i wonder if you can make a diagram with sorrow in the middle because she's like, you know how like she's like the she's like the mirror. Like she has the twin, and she has two names, and she has this kind of like duality of 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 character. And then I wonder if you could place on either side of the mirror, like the group of women that Rebecca encounters on the ship, and the group of women that Rebecca encounters in the town. Um, where does Lena fall on that? Where does the blacksmith fall? Like there, I wonder if you can. I, I bet. I would imagine, my hypothesis is, <laughs> that you can place each character on one side or other of the mirror, and I'm not sure what that mirror represents, and like, 
but like I think that there's definitely like a parallel thing going on with like how awesome all these women were and like supportive of this newcomer and like super sinful versus like not sinful but also kind of like jerks <laughs> like yeah <laughs> like jagoffs like they're they're kind of like mean and mm-hmm. like um I, I i would imagine like i bet if you counted i my guess would be that there are the same number of women on the boat as she encounters like in the town that would be my guess but interesting i don't know for sure because mm-hmm. that's just me guessing about how books work i guess <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think there's I think it's it's really cool to see the different interactions of the women and like how like it I, I, I would almost imagine maybe they um are themselves on each side of the mirror, like Rebecca before and Rebecca after and Sorrow before and Sorrow after and Lena before and Lena after. Yeah. Like because they kind of like I see I sort of see them like as sort of like richly painted and like very vibrant and colorful and sort of like laughing montages and like throwing flour and stuff like that on one side and then on the other side it's like everyone's sad and gray and everyone just like lives their life until they die i kind of like, have you know, some news from you about how life was back then i don't think it was quite like that no yeah yeah <laughs> but like like it was like something happened i mean i get and i guess jacob dying like, it's so weird because yeah. he wasn't – I feel like him being away was, like, what brought them all together and was, like, kind of the greatest thing. But also him dying was, like, the worst thing. So, like, he wasn't yeah. – him him being there wasn't important. It was him being alive that was important. There's right. your paper topic. always come back from those trips. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Let's build some more. <laughs> uh, uh, I do briefly, really quick, because we need to get in the habit of doing this. Let's talk about the cover really quick. Yes. Yeah. I have no idea if we all have separate covers, but mine was the standard. Yep, mine looks like that. Cool. I'll try to remember to put it. Um, but it's basically, it looks like a lake. Could be a river. It's hard to tell about the motion. Yeah. It's a little ambiguous. <laughs> it's a body of water surrounded by some trees. It is a little interesting mm-hmm. because I think only really Sorrow's story involves a lot of water. Oh, sorry. Let me take that back. Sorrow and Rebecca's. Is it a right. theme that runs through the others? Uh, I don't think it is. Yeah, not really. So I mean, they, they live by a river. Like, I think yeah. that um, Will and Scully, now I'm thinking it, Hitchcock <laughs> and Scully. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, they help deliver. <laughs> so- well, and, and Lena drowns Sorrow's kid in the river. This is true. You know. And there's also the whole, like, water as rebirth and, like, It's supposed to be, yeah, a a good thing and it's not necessarily in this book right so yeah um, not a lot to go on on this one but uh is this this is a painting right it looks like one yeah it looks like one of those covers of uh like a a beach book that i would be like uh like almost like a Nora roberts cover cover oh okay yeah i can see that we're like if it wasn't tony morrison I probably would have been like, oh, this book's going to be about something that I don't necessarily want to read about. I was about to get really offensive there. But we don't need to get into what I don't like to read. (laughs) Angela Mercy is a (laughs) new bride, and she's... (laughs) Basically, yes, about how, like, you can't build any female friendships in life. Toni Morrison presents A. Mercy. (laughs) But by God, she finally found that one female friend that, you know, <laughs> isn't that bad. 
Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, like I, I, ha- I was hopeful about this. Like, there's a very new world look to this book. Like, there's sort of like a, like the sun is sort of bouncing off the water, and it's yeah. kind of like a bright day and whatever. But like, I guess if you kind of look up in the right-hand corner, there's a dark cloud, which yeah. maybe could be smoke. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. And like in the very distance, right above, right in between the M and the E, you, like you can maybe see a figure. Yeah. Like there's like a line or whatever. So like, it sort of gets more sinister the more you look at it, which I feel like is an appropriate cover for this book. <laughs> it very much is, I think. Oh. <laughs> uh. And there's like scum on the water, which may be a good transition into my drink. <laughs> sure. Ooh. Let's hear what oh, your God. drink is. <laughs> I'm a little terrified now, but... Uh, no, yeah, no, no, no. This is going to be so tame. Okay. This is going to be so tame, but, like, it's super... I, I was thinking of it when I was reading it. A cool, clean cup of water. That's it. Like, <laughs> from my fridge. <laughs> is all I wanted. Oh, and yeah. I was so happy to drink. Just, like, not like you have to take the top layer of scum off. Not like there yeah. might be dysentery <laughs> in it. Not like... Is this downstream of where people have bathed? This is like, ah, filtered water. That was it. That was my drink. No, this I nice, a cool, a cool filtered water in my blue cup is, 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 is exactly what, what, I was, what I was feeling like drinking through this whole thing. Because like, ugh. Yeah. Like. I love when they get into the realism of like, and they handed her a salt scrub for her teeth. And I was like, no, let's not. Let's not get into this, yes. please. Right, or when the farm like, kind of fell into yeah. disarray when Rebecca was sick and everything, they didn't—they forgot to cover a barrel of water. So there was, I think it said, a couple layers of bugs on top of a barrel of what was supposed oh, to be drinking water. So oh, gross! No, let's hear it for refrigeration and yeah. water filters Thank and just God. like plumbing. Yes, <laughs> let's constantly give it up for indoor plumbing. Because <laughs> everybody listening, just go look at your I, toilet and say, "Thank you." Yeah. Yes. For real. Like, I also, kind of like when we read Kindred, and she goes back in time, and with her knowledge of disease, food poisoning, stuff like that, I was immediately worried about Sorrow giving birth outside (laughs) on a riverbank. Like, oh my god, you're going to get an infection, and you're going to (laughs) die. Right. I definitely had a moment of, how the hell did we have kids and survive? Like, how is our generation here? I've been thinking that since Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, to be honest. Like, <laughs> like I don't even know. That's, ugh. Um, there's also probably should do a shout out to rum because Jacob becomes a rum runner. They drink yeah. either rum or I think it is rum on the, the boat. Like rum was mm-hmm. our 1600 drink of America. Yay. Yeah, because it was not diseased. Right. They could get it from, they were getting it from the Caribbean. <laughs> So. Right, mm-hmm. right from the yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. In exchange for who knows what exactly. <laughs> um, so <laughs> before we talk about what we're reading next on the podcast, because I got to pull it up, uh, what <laughs> would you guys be reading next? Uh, not for podcast. <clears throat> okay, so I um went on my Goodreads to be read list and um did a random number generator for uh, five books. And so I picked five non-Stephen King books and then five Stephen King books that I'm interlacing. So 
I just read Pet Cemetery for my podcast, Unabashedly Obsessed. Um, so the next book that I'm going to read is a non-Stephen King book, and I think I'm going to choose either between The Martian yes. or Live by Night um, <laughs> or Live by Night. I'm not sure. Do you listen to We uh, We'll Get It Right Next Year? Um, I am thinking of, so I, uh, I want to ask them if I can be on their show after reading the book. That may be why it was on my I, uh, list. <laughs> I, am, I am friends with Ryan. I'm very good friends with Ryan. So I can, I can try to see oh, if I can Oh, really? That. Yes. Yes. <laughs> In fact. All right. So then the next book I'll be reading is Live By Night. Check, uh, check, check. <laughs> I'm not going to say anything further because... I know he listens, and I don't want to give spoilers, but I give yeah, you a little bit of it, it won. I have um, so that that thing I told you at the beginning was just the beginning. I also have decided every year to put um, Edgar winners, yeah, uh, uh, the Hugo winners, like a whole basically like all these prizes that win stuff for like genre fiction. I was listening to the Reading Glasses podcast, and they did like a big awards episode, and I was like, yep, I'm. <laughs> getting all these so live by night one in like or live a couple years ago or live by night <laughs> or live a by by nigged <laughs> um yeah it won one of those awards i think the uh the hugo award i think for mysteries the edgar award for mysteries i think it's the edgar award for mysteries a couple years ago interesting so that was why it's on yeah. my list but uh so that might be my next my next thing i'm gonna read stephanie do you listen to uh, we'll get it right next year. No, I don't. But I think I need to. <laughs> <laughs> I highly recommend it. They did. We bought a zoo for the first season, so they every other week release an episode, and they talk about a book or a movie for a year, where they try to guess what happens, mm-hmm. and then they end up watching it. And of course, it's never going to be as fun as what it is. <laughs> so I, it's a concept that um, I think. Someone in the Mamino's podcast group said was the opposite of Paul Blart of a uh, um, was yes. it some like it Blart? What is it? Oh, the Blart. I, whatever the till death do us Blart. Yes, that's what it, it was. was like. The opposite of that, where they watch the same movie every year. <laughs> These people don't watch the same movie for a whole year. I, it's a concept that I immediately was like, uh, subscribe. Yes, yes. So I highly recommend. Yeah. Ryan's nice. one of my favorite people. <laughs> he can be happy. Hi, Ryan. Um, <laughs> Hi Ryan. So, are you trying to get through all of Stephen King? Is that what the goal uh, is? Just like my my co-host and I, uh, my co-host Aaron and I are basically we discovered very early on that we really love Stephen King, and I think we're yeah yes okay kind of like we're basically Stephen King is sort of a topic that's like always acceptable, and so like we'll read like we we're we're, we're amassing like a, a, a um. What's it called when you both have it? Like a shared collection okay. of Stephen King books and stuff that are in her house because she has more room. And um, yeah, so like, I don't know. Yeah, I just like, like I've never, I haven't read a Stephen King. I've read one Stephen King story that I was sort of like, oh, I don't really like that. And everything else has been like, nope, this is great. So <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I'm sure I'll get to some eventually. And when I tell people that, they're like, here's an example of something I didn't like, which is fine. But uh, so far, it's been pretty pretty solid for for all SK. So um, yeah, um, that's so, yeah. exciting. If you do The Martian, yeah. I highly recommend it as an audiobook. It okay. It flows. If you're a fan of audiobooks, uh, it flows better in my opinion. I am to a point 
and the point is my own attention span. Like, I get that. I, I do better. I do better with like mem. Like I got. I'm a big on our podcast. Another thing we're a big fan of is Anna Kendrick, and yep. um, I so I got her uh, autobiography on Audible as part of my Audible free trial, and mm-hmm. she reads it of course because that would be so weird if she didn't. <laughs> Um, and like that was perfect because it was sort of like just like her, her talking for six hours or whatever, which is which was fine by me. Um, I do a little bit worse. Like I listen to Cloud Atlas on an audiobook. Oh uh, yeah, well that's not great in any format. I I liked it a whole lot better when I read it than when I listened to it. Mostly because I could be like, wait, who's who? Um, yeah. Yeah. So. so- the Martian is a diary, essentially. So, okay. Or for like ninety percent of the book, it's a diary. There are parts that aren't. So that's why I recommend right. it as an audiobook. It's actually, in my opinion, a great starter audiobook for someone trying to get into audiobooks. Gotcha, gotcha. So, Stephanie, what are you going to be reading next? Well, I went to my Goodreads list to try to <laughs> find an answer for this question, and I accidentally clicked on a book and started. You know the thing to show that I was reading it. So I guess what I'm reading next is <laughs> by Sylvia Plath. <laughs> oh, oh no, Stephanie, come on, something upbeat. <laughs> so I think I've had this book on my list. I think Chris actually got it for me for Christmas a couple of Christmases ago. <laughs> okay, and it's just been in my Kindle. So yeah, I'll do that because <laughs> I don't know. That's on my list. That's definitely on my list. Kid, you know, in high school or anything. So. Yeah, no, I, re- I always get it confused with the bell curve, which is something completely different, <laughs> just because. So, yeah. It's definitely on my list, though. That's definitely one I wanted to read. Yeah, this. Um, yeah. I hope you have something else uplifting. <laughs> uh, oh, dear. <laughs> I am making my way currently. I'm like, I feel like I say this every time. I'm catching up on comic books, currently doing Bitch Planet. <laughs> yes! And, uh, it's I'm, so good! I'm halfway. I've heard about that. I should read that, right? Yes, Bitch Planet is great. Yes, I can talk to you. Should. I don't read okay. a ton of superhero comics. If you ever want a bunch of recommendation of non-superhero comics, Stephanie and I are great. Although, Stephanie, do you read superhero <laughs> comics? Hmm. I'm no, take that as a I no as I well. Have okay. One that my sister gave me for Christmas. And Ms. I Marvel is really really good. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I read a few Marvel, uh, female read or female led ones, Miss Marvel, Spider-Gwen. Um, I'm mm. about to do all new Wolverine. Um, okay. But Saga, if you haven't read it, of course. I was just yeah. tip of my tongue. Yep. Tip of my tongue. Saga, Paper Girls, and... Paper... You're, you're driving me crazy here. <laughs> <laughs> I have no recommendations that you're not already covering. Um, <laughs> I just did Rock Candy Mountain, which is a two-volume, it's a quick read, that was, like, shoved down my throat that I needed to read it. It's about a hobo trying uh-huh. to find Rock Candy Mountain from the song. Right. So, that's all I'm going to say. Which... And the devil is there. That, I'll add that in, too. He, he always seemed to be in, the, in, the, in that time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Giving people guitar lessons, other yep. things. <laughs> Doing way too much. So... <laughs> But uh, I am currently also reading The Last Time I Lied, which is by Riley Sager, who wrote Slasher Girl. Is that what it's called? Last year or two years? It was either last year or two years ago. It's like a, a resurgent of the 90s horror movies, but in like book form. Highly Final Girls, that's what it's called. Um, oh, 
I did want to wait. Final Girls was his first book. The the one that either I think it just came out this week. Um, That's time travel, right? That's the like the house that has the like the the killer is using the house as like the time travel. No, this is um, it is about a couple of it's I think three women that like were all final girls and they kind of like keep in touch and then suddenly they start dying. What is okay? Fine. Oh, okay. Final. What's a final girl? <laughs> um, like. In a slasher movie, the girl that makes it out at the end. Oh, yeah. gotcha, 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 gotcha. Yeah. Hold on. Time travel killer <laughs> girls. What am I thinking of? It's something. The Shining Girls is the book I'm thinking of. Never heard of that, but I'm adding it. That was, uh, I liked it a lot, and uh, Aaron did not like it a lot. Or almost at all. <laughs> okay. So, time travel is another thing that we're super stoked on. So, like. Okay. But the, what was the last time I, what was it? The last lie I told? The last time the last I lied. Time. Right. So this one is about a girl wakes up and she's in summer camp and the girls in her bunk have all gone missing. And now it's like 15 years later and they've asked her to come back to camp to teach. Sure, 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 That's sure. That's all I've read Seems so like far. A, but. The last time I said, no thanks, I already have a job. That's, that's uh, what I would call that. <laughs> Yes. Um, so now I have uh, I have four things to add. Great, awesome. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, I want to take your Pulitzer Prize idea. I'm like, oh, I can't start a new list yeah. right now. <laughs> no, it's, but it is good to add to so our running though. list of like themes for the year. Because uh, like the Pulitzer Prize is a no is one. a daunting one because you're sort of hoping that they cancel the. The, the whole thing like one year they didn't <laughs> give a prize and it sort of was like oh and I was sort of like oh okay all right one less book I have to read cool <laughs> <laughs> well we've kind of like uh, I think a few episodes ago it may have been longer than that we we thought like hey we'll do a year where we do no dudes yeah. so like Pulitzer- I support that that's awesome that sounds like a good idea Pulitzer Prize sounds fun too so yeah a lot of dudes though <laughs> Actually, sure. you know what? There's surprisingly there, there, you could you could probably do you do biweekly, so that's twenty six. Yes. Uh, it'd be close. There's a lot. Of, there's a lot of women writers. I mean, it's it's like white women. Like, there's a lot of there's a lot of sort of like maybe they feel kind of like expanded New Yorker fictions. Oh, okay. Like in sort of the <laughs> mid nineties, which are fine. Like, <laughs> but you know, they they. There's there's some good stuff in there. I mean, you know, Beloved is in there, and uh, yeah, yeah, and uh, the yeah. color purple was the first one. So like, yeah. there's some good stuff. We'll have to figure it out. Hey, but do it do what you want though. <laughs> Please don't let the white man tell you <laughs> if it's cool if you do your 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 no guys because that seems like it's not exactly the way that we should be doing things at all. Honestly, we get a <laughs> with our current which is basically like hey just pick a book you haven't read we still get a really good mix that's cool Um, that's cool that's really good so uh speaking of our next episode which i think is july 29th we are bringing back uh former guest liz babish she has recommended the book the portable vebelin Oh my god, I knew this was going to be a problem. Veblen? V E B L E N? Veblen? Don't worry, huh. I'll, I'll. 
I'm really glad that they made a portable one of those. My guess <laughs> right? as well. So <laughs> it was so bulky. So she got this recommendation from Jeff Vandermeer, who um, wrote Annihilation, which is the book we she yeah. read when she was on. So I'm sure it is going to be wonderfully weird. Cool. Um, so yeah, she'll be joining us in two weeks. Um, and before then, please tell us where people can find more of you because. First of all, your book tastes are fantastic, so please. Well, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Or, I mean, like, I, I'll, I'll pass that along to my dad, because, like, <laughs> seriously, it was like, this, like, he sends me books, and I'm like, this looks so good, but this isn't how I read books, so it's going on the shelf. Like, <laughs> so I'm really glad that, that I got the opportunity to uh, to read this. Um, I uh, I host a, uh, co-host a podcast called Unabashedly Obsessed uh, with my uh uh, a friend that I've known since, uh, well, I've known her since seventh grade, and we've been friends since, like, ninth-ish grade, like, nine and a half grade. Um, <laughs> and uh, so we, it's called Unabashedly Obsessed. We basically talk about whatever it is that we're into, like I said, Stephen King, Anna Kendrick, uh, Tom Hanks is, like, our other big one. Um, basically, we pick a topic, we talk about it, um, sometimes we uh, take audience suggestions of like titles of movies and like write movies based on those titles. Um, <laughs> All right. It's just like it's sort of it's sort of um, like just playtime. Like it's like we have a solid. We've only had one time where we didn't actually get to the topic. Um, <laughs> so that was so I feel really strongly about that. Um, but we so we mostly get to the topic. But like we'll, we'll talk about like. We draw a lot from of inspiration from like your favorite problematic. So like we'll examine something and be like, "Ooh, this was kind of iffy." Um, but we'll also talk about things that we really like. I try and steer us, and Aaron does too, towards like saying the things that we like, as opposed to the things that we don't like. Just because I find like stuff about like, "Oh, I didn't like this," and it's such garbage and blah blah blah. I find those like really, I don't know, not boring, but sort of like not fun like i think that there's there's some there's a fun to like trashing on stuff i just think it's also fun to be like i really to be enthusiastic about stuff so um we try and find the things that we are super stoked about um oftentimes they are like pop culture but sometimes they're just like obscure time travel movies that we've heard (laughs) of like through like we i saw a, a reddit one time that was like what's the name of that movie that has like time travel and like all the, and it listed all these things and it was and someone was like waxwork 2 lost in time i was like aaron i have our next episode so we found this movie <laughs> that was it was a it was a trip um and and but like we found things to like we and we we're not we're not above like making fun but like we also try and find the things that we we like about stuff and, yeah yeah so yeah, and that uh, that is available on Apple Podcasts and uh, Stitcher and Google Play, and uh, we also you can follow us on Twitter at UFO Podcast. That'd be a good place to find us. Awesome. And I'm at unabashed James. That's probably an important thing to say too. Perfect. So it's like unabashedly, but uh, <laughs> it's one character too long. Unabashedly James is one character too long oh, for no. Twitter, so it's unabashed <laughs> James. So I love it. <laughs> Uh, we will have links to those in the show notes. Right on. Uh, Thank you so much for having me. I've been yeah. I've been like stoked about this, literally like like for like four months. Oh, that's like awesome. I've been like, what book is it gonna be? And we're gonna <laughs> read a book and we're gonna talk about it. It's so fun. So 
like I, it's super rude to invite yourself onto someone's podcast again. I just want to say that and just leave that hanging in the air. Well, considering that I think we both enjoy uh, your taste in books, not just the one you suggested, but everything else that you've kind of mentioned. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Like I don't particularly care for Stephen King, but I find people that absolutely love him. They're always good people. So. Oh, well, thanks. Uh, so I'm sure we will have you back at some point. Um, yes! Definitely. <laughs> Stephanie, I know you've been moving, but do you have anything you need to, you would like to promote? Nope. No? Okay. The move took up everything, and now I'm just tired. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Not moving again. That'd be a good thing yes. to promote. Like. <laughs> Not moving in the summer, too. Oof, <laughs> yeah. We moved yeah. on, Yikes. like, the hottest day so far it was a hundred degrees in Connecticut and then ninety five in Providence when we got here. Yeah. It's like the hottest day. <laughs> like you oh, guys great. literally Ugh. picked the week where it was like the northeast is having a heat wave. Have fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was no. That's, yeah. <laughs> so bad. I'm never moving. That just convinced me. Yeah, don't do it. <laughs> don't I do it. Like, I'm never moving. We're, we're gonna make this house work until I'm buried in it and then <laughs> someone writes their story and my on the walls of my office like (laughs) i said next time we're getting movers this all happened too quickly to like try for that and then my boss was saying that one time her company an old job that she had paid for this but they paid for movers who also packed up her house and i was like mine did that yeah amazing what (laughs) yes that's yeah when i when i moved to new york yeah they packed up i packed up my clothes and a few mm-hmm. other things. And they thought I was weird for doing that. But it was the part <laughs> that I also got rid of a bunch of clothes. and yeah. uh, But they packed up literally everything else. And I had, because my couch was too big for my, my New York apartment. Um, Macy's delivered my couch and they literally moved it from the Macy's truck to the moving truck. Oh, so. okay. And now I was like, I'm never, ever, ever moving again. So. Yeah, I've 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 confirmed with my wife with maybe more than a glint of desperation in my eye. If we move again, we're getting movers, right? And she's like, yes. I'm like, that's all I needed to know. Thank you. Like Elle is really working to get me to move to the Hudson Valley and she's doing a really great job at it. But I'm like, no, like the thought of moving all this. No. So, yeah, it's a lot. And I got rid of so much stuff. Thanks to that Marie Kondo book yes. that I read. That I've been telling everyone else to read. I feel like I we should do an episode on that. Oh <laughs> we should just God. do an episode, like, where because I've read it too. I've only read the the mm-hmm. manga version of it, but like where we talk it out and you go, "This is how it works," and maybe yeah. by that point I'll actually have thrown stuff away. So <laughs> I got rid of. I that's like a imagine. that's like a live a live stream sort of situation. Yeah. Like <laughs> <laughs> now here it is in practice. <laughs> yes. And here's how you fold things, because she has a special way to fold things, too, which oh, I had God. to go to yeah. YouTube for, because I was like, what are you saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah it's- My wife showed me the picture, and I was like, you don't, who are you asking? Like, I can't fold. <laughs> it's really easy. Just go watch the YouTube video, and then you'll get it. It's, you'll get it. <laughs> so is everything folded? I've recently I come to the, do it. The, the life hack breakthrough of I don't need to fold underwear or socks if I have separate drawers for each of them and they're in my own closet. So <laughs> maybe I'm going the wrong way. <laughs> oh, um, 
Well, really quick for this podcast, you can find us at judgingbookcovers.com, which I have the plan of actually updating this weekend, um, where you can also find my other podcast, handbook podcast, and links to the other two that I do as well, Minds at York and Fable Eulis Retellings. Wow, I should not have blinked on that. Um, you can follow us on social media. We are at JBC Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, the readathon that we did earlier in January is coming back up in two weeks. So, oh no, it's in what? It's, it's next week. Is it next week? Crap, I should have looked this up. Oh shit, it is. Sorry, it, it is really next week. <laughs> It is crap. Okay. The weekend of the 20th. Yeah. Okay. So oh it is coming God. up the weekend of the 20th. I'm probably going to be doing it. Actually, I've already signed up. I will be doing it. I'm very excited <laughs> for my excuse to not do anything but read for a weekend. Um, Stephanie, are you I'm joining again try, this year? But I have. I, mean, I have Janelle Monáe on Saturday. <laughs> oh, shit. So we are going up to, Bo- to Boston for Janelle Monáe's concert. <laughs> So put, I'm going to try. Put an audio book <laughs> on while you drive. You're do. good. Play <laughs> um, an audio book on the way up. <laughs> there you go. But uh, She tells a story. I go. mean, I think, that, I think that counts too. <laughs> She's like sci-fi, I think. Yes, actually, that works. Yeah. <laughs> um, but if anybody wants to join us, it is 24and48.com. They are no way associated with us. I just really like the excuse every six months to do nothing for a weekend and read entirely for fun rather than for work or for a podcast. So expect pictures and tweets of us as we do that. Um, Again, in two weeks, we will be reading the portable uh, crap. (laughs) (laughs) Beblin, the portable Beblin. I'm going to make Liz say it when she comes on. And uh, until then, you can, I did all the social media. We're good. to Oh, we also have a Facebook group, a handbook for judging fabulous retelling covers. Uh, I am getting ready to clear out some of my bookshelves. So I'm going to be actually doing some book giveaways there. If you are interested, I'm going to do them blind date style. So you won't actually know what you're getting until you actually get it. So blind date with books is one of my favorite yes. things of all time. Same. Even though the only time I've done it, it was not successful. <laughs> that book was rotten. Oh, no. <laughs> oh that's so sad. But that's I feel like that's like in though. keeping with like a blind date aesthetic. So like that's it felt fair. it felt appropriate. You like it looked do. good on the surface and then I unwrapped it and it was just like a mess <laughs> and like gross masculinist garbage so like it kind of felt exactly right that sucks (laughs) (laughs) so yeah come join that should be starting uh i'm gonna do like a round of podcast episodes and then start doing that slowly because that actually requires me to do some work so um (laughs) thank you again for joining us we had a blast thank you for having me thank you Uh, And then until next time, don't forget, go support your local libraries. Thank you.